<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. Hi, everybody. I'm Edric. I'm Joy. Welcome to Family, family Unbox, where we talk about everything family, from the light stuff, the fun stuff, to even the heavy and controversial stuff. Because our desire is to encourage families and see the world changed one, one family, family at, at a time. time. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to another episode of Family unboxed and i have with me my wife of course we were talking about so what is it that we think will be timely and relevant amidst all the different podcasts you've been doing and you know to be honest on the way here we were thinking about the power of words and how important these are and how we actually haven't gone deep into this discussion whether it's in the marriage or with our kids and so we want to unbox that for you guys and the centerpiece of this conversation is something we've shared in, in various places. It's, it's a wonderful verse in Ephesians, which says this, Ephesians 4.29, Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, and here's the prescription, but only such a word as is good for edification, remember that word, edification, according to the need, need, that's the second word of the moment, and then third, so that it will give grace, that's the third word, to those who hear. So we want to be able to talk about the power of words that we release and we use in our everyday conversations, whether they are good times or bad times. And you probably are with me when I say that, you know, there are times when we regret what we say. So we want to be able to frame it properly and get practical with you guys using these three important perspectives when it comes to the words we say. So let's get started. The first is, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, it says, but only such a word as is good for edification. Now, when we look at that word edification, it comes from the word edifice or building. And the reason it is used here in the English is because when we first think about the words we say and use, here's an honest and a hard question maybe we need to ask ourselves is, are the words that we use or is the word that we are using something that builds up? Edifice, edifying. Is it something that builds up or tears down people? Is it something that uplifts or you know, discourages or demoralizes? Now we wanna be careful here because people will ask, well, what if I need to really correct my son or my daughter and tell them something that they need to hear because they're doing something wrong? No problem. The question really is whether we're able to still use words that are designed to build up instead of things that just purely tear down. And as a practical framework on building up, if we really want to make sure that our statements, even the correcting ones are build up statements, we can use, or we wanna share with you what's called a sandwich approach, which is something that Joy's mom actually taught her, taught me and I learned and we've been able to use. What is that, babe? A lot of times when we're wanna, wanting to correct someone, you know, we don't frame it in a way that makes it easy for them to listen to the correction. However, the sandwich approach is, so you're gonna get to the meat, right? The meat of what you really wanna say, but you you sandwich that with bread and the bread represents a positive comment or something affirming that you can say about the person before you give the correction and then ending again with something affirming and positive. And so this builds up the person while still getting the message across that they have to change in a certain area. And we've had to do this with our kids. You know, when we correct them for something, uh, we try to first focus on 
what we appreciate about them, what we think that they are good at, what they've been doing well. And then we go to how they can improve. And then we end again with something affirming. So Edric's then it's done this with me. There are times when I've made mistakes as a wife and he'll often say, you know, there's nothing you can do that will ever make me not love you. In other words, I'm committed to loving you. However, I think that you can improve in this area. And then he'll say something nice again. He'll say something like, but, you know, I really appreciate how you really try to be a good wife and try your best to really take care of our home and our family. So something like that. And that makes it much easier for myself or our kids or even Edric, depending on who's, uh, who, who is the one giving that statement or the correction, it makes it easier for the one on the receiving end to receive it in a way that makes them responsive and receptive. Great. So use a sandwich approach, right? And ensure that as you do it, you're conscious about the next things we will talk about. Uh, so first thing, make sure that the words you choose are words that build up. And if you really need to say something that is corrective, then make sure that you take the sandwich approach. We found that a very practical framework. The next thing is we want to now ask ourselves, okay, so I'm going to be conscious of making sure that my words build up. They're edifying. The next word, part of this uh, verse is so that or according to the need of the moment, which basically means, and this is something we probably don't think of. We know that even when we were little, right? When I was a kid, my, my mom would say, if you can't any, say anything nice, don't say it. So we grew up with that. It's just something we were familiar with. But this principle now of according to the need of the moment reminds us that not only do we try to choose the right words, the right words are the ones that build up, but we also have to have the right time, right timing. For example, and this is a story that I've loved sharing. When I was first going into the service of sharing God's word and speaking in front of people about God's words and what you know we can apply or what has applied to me, when I first had this opportunity it was for a bunch of youth so people who are still in high school and college and if i recall the incident correctly my father-in-law joy's dad was actually mentoring me on how to do this properly as a pastor of our local church and as i first had the opportunity i had fumbled up on something very simple from the bible something like the story of david and goliath and instead of saying, David, I said something like, you know, when Elijah got the slingshot and threw it and hit Goliath on that, something like that. I can't remember the exact detail, but it was something so, so simple. But because I was so nervous and uncomfortable and not really used to doing that, I had said something really ridiculous. And after I had finished that talk, I went down and because I was so embarrassed, I said to myself, you know, I'm never going to do this again. I was really, really, really upset that I had messed up on that little thing. And I saw my father-in-law come in and I was like, oh no, he's going to give it to me. He's going to say, you know what? Why did you mess up on something so simple? You know, maybe I shouldn't have asked you to speak, you know? And I, I guess I was used to that kind of critical, but designed to be a push statement from the environments I've been in. So I was expecting him to do that, say something critical and negative because I deserved it. But instead, he said to me, and I remember his face, he said, good job. 
and he gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, why would he say that to me? So that really stuck in my mind. And interestingly, a few months later, in one of our family dinners or gatherings, he brought back that memory. He said, hey, son, do you remember that time when you spoke about the story of David and Goliath and you messed up on calling it instead of David, use Elijah. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, well, I think it's better that you make sure that you cover the scripture properly and calm, make yourself calm so that when you get up there, you're able to deliver it. Something along those lines. And I got the message and I received it very well. When I look back at that story, the reason I'm sharing that is because that's what it means to focus on right time. Often, when we want to say something to people, we say it because we feel like we want to be authentic or it's the right thing to do. And, you know, it might, we might lose the moment, which are all good intentions. But the reality is, as the scripture is saying, the centerpiece here, according to the need of the moment. So there are things that are good and right and true and useful and helpful, but not in the right timing or not in the right context. And I assume safely that that's what my father-in-law did for me in the moment. He saw that I was shaken up. I wasn't in a good place. And I was beating myself up already for having messed up on that. So he didn't add to it. He saw that I knew what I did was wrong in the moment. So instead, he helped call it out later on when he knew that I had processed everything and I was in a better place. So remember that for us parents, especially with our kids, oftentimes or I'm guilty of this also, we say things because we feel like we need to say it. It is not the need of the moment. It's not the right time. Even if it is something that we do with the sandwich approach even, it is not something that uh, if we look at the context and the timing, does not make sense. So let's make sure we carry those two together. Right words, but also at the right time. You want to add anything, honey? Yeah, I think that I wanted to just say at the beginning when you talked about um, you know, that we have to build up our children. I think we really need to have detective eyes for the people in our home to really notice what they're doing right and to praise them for it and to affirm them because it's a very powerful motivator. I remember when our daughter was younger. This is our oldest daughter, Tiana, who's actually our fourth child. And she would often volunteer to clean different parts of the house because she just enjoyed being organized and I remember noticing that and I would just say, you know, you're an amazing cleaner and you're such an organized person. So to this day, she is one of the best cleaners in our house. And she will, without me having to say anything, she'll be the one to voluntarily and take the initiative uh, to clean up the different rooms in our house and make sure that they're very organized. And I really, really... She cleans maybe even to a fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> I really, really... But I really appreciate it because... I also like having a clean home, and so we're the same in that way. And she likes things to always be organized, so she's always organizing her closets. And But she's just become very good at that. And then my other daughter, I noticed, was interested in cooking. And so if when she tried to cook something, maybe she tried to cook eggs or something, I'd make a comment like, wow, you know, you're really getting good at that. And our children love to live up to the positive expectations we have of them. So the more that we affirm areas that we notice that they're doing well in, the more they want to try, the more motivated they are to do better and to excel. And so we have to have detective eyes because I think a lot of times as parents, when they do the right thing, that's our expectation. So we don't really call it out. Guilty. And we tend to 
call out instead the things that we're disappointed about, the things that they're doing wrong. And a lot of times we actually do this at the dinner table when it becomes a, a form of shaming for them where it can be very discouraging because they're embarrassed in front of their other siblings or it just makes mealtime unpleasant. So Edric and I have had to change in this area, make sure that instead of correcting and correcting at the dinner table, we have to make dinner times fun, where we engage one another in positive ways, where we build up each other. Because we also notice our kids started to use unkind words with one another. And this is where Edric had to call it out with them even and say he has a he has um, this phrase that he uses. He says, okay, kids, tone check, tone check. And that means that they're either saying something that's not so nice or their voice is elevating a little bit and they're, and they're speaking in unkindly uh, ways and in an unkindly manner to each other. And so this is a culture that all of us have to practice. And we're also improving in this area where it's not just about correcting or saying things um, that we want our children or one another to change in, but really trying to practice being affirming and looking for things to affirm so that everyone gets encouraged to live up to that good expectation. And it becomes a very happy environment because <laughs> people feel like they're accepted, they're appreciated, and they don't have to get attention um, by doing things that are annoying or, <laughs> or um, you know, trying hard or KSP. Uh, because they know that they are appreciated and we try to really look for the different things in each of our children because they're all unique that we can call out even in front of each other and that makes a difference also when they're affirmed in front of one another and I have to improve on this even with my husband I was very convicted about this recently because I noticed that sometimes with with Edric and with the children I can kind of make fun of Edric and it's because we're very playful with one another but I think it makes the kids kind of lose respect for him when I'm calling out things that, you know, make him kind of look bad. Like I remember the other day we had exercised and Edric is doing a different program because he's doing more weight training. And the kids and I, he he's done a really hard cardio fitness hit kind of program for us. So for us to do them like the six rounds of it, it's very tiring. So I was getting annoyed with him when he would say things like, good job, guys, keep going while he's doing his weights. And it's not, I'm sure the weights are tiring as well, but the cardio is a different level of, of fatigue. So in my heart, I was annoyed with him for just kind of trying to be the cheerleader on the side. He was trying to be affirming, you know, trying to practice this. But for me, it was it was irritating me because I felt like it seemed like he's cheering and that he doesn't know what we're going through. So what I did was at the dinner table, I actually made a comment about that, which Edric did not appreciate because it, the comment was something like, well, you know, you don't, I, I, I don't know why you have to cheer for us when you actually don't know what it's like when we are doing all the exercises. And um, it just seems like you're a little bit of a hypocrite, something like that. I don't, I, I don't think I use the word hypocrite, but it just didn't make Edric look good in front of the kids. And it even encouraged the kids to kind of say, yeah, dad, you know, um, you're not doing the workout with us. So it's different when you say that. And Edric actually, he didn't correct me in front of the kids at that point, but he talked to me afterwards and he said, you know, I really, 
I really feel badly when you do that. And I think you need to to be extra careful about the way that you uh, say things about me in front of the kids. And he wasn't saying this because it was an ego thing, but he was really concerned about making sure that we have a culture of respect in our home. And I wasn't respecting him at that point. And I knew it too. And I actually felt guilty when I was doing it, but I already let it out at the table. And so, yeah, I was saying that because I think we want to model to our kids how we should talk to each other, how we should respect each other, how we should build one another up. So I need to be sure, be making sure that I'm doing that also with you. Hold on, honey. Before we continue on with the show, I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering how we collab with brands here in Family Unboxed. And with that, our lovely listeners, we use Podmetrics. Yes. So if you have a podcast, sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the code UNBOXD. One word, all caps. And that's one way you can help support the show as well. Oh, and if ever you're an advertiser who wants to collab with Family Unboxed, head on over to advertiser.podmetrics.co and fill up the form. Again, that's Podmetrics, the, the easiest, easiest way, way to, to monetize, monetize your, your podcast. podcast. Here we go. We've now talked about the first two parts, right words and right timing. And just jumping off from what Joy shared from her heart about how we need to have detective eyes. We need to be careful about even the implications of the words we use toward each other because our kids are watching. So even if it seems okay to us, it might not be okay as an example to them. The last part is now the motivation, which is the most important part behind this. Why will we choose to have the right words and choose to say them at the right time or the right context? The last part of the verse says, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And this is such a beautiful word. Grace is all about, you know, what will be beneficial to them? Not so much to us. And it's not just beneficial, but will be a great blessing to those to that person. That's what grace is. It's something over and beyond what is deserved. So we might think that they deserve to hear and get a piece of our mind, whether it's our kids or you know, even our spouse. But as we're learning, the best way to use words is to have not just the right words, which are up, building up, not just the right timing, but also the right motivation. We can do these two without having the motivation and it will not be as effective versus if we have that as a motivation and we're really struggling trying to say the right words at the right time, it'll be so much more powerful because the motivation is pure and it is consistent with what God is instructing us to do. And, and this is why it's it's a great reminder for us to also go back to the another verse in Proverbs, which says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's so much weight behind our words. and if you think about it, a large part of the communication we have is through our words. So we need to make sure that we're very, very conscious about what comes out of our, our mouths and the things we say so that it is something that gives grace. Let's, let's make this practical. Giving grace to someone is making sure that even as you will say this thing, you are thinking about, will this be something that will really help them? Is that my motivation? Or maybe I'm trying to subtly correct them or still fix them. You want to give an example, honey, of being able to give grace? I think the whole the whole idea behind giving grace to those who hear is the motivation behind why we even want to say something to a person to correct them or to encourage them. And I think it's 
for us in our family, honestly, I think for us, it's really to make sure that our kids are encouraged to really follow God. It's redemptive in its nature. And we want to make sure that even as we correct them, as we guide them with the words that we use, the intent is always either to restore them back to the Lord because something has messed up their relationship with him, caused, you know, separation in a sense because they're not walking with the Lord or they're doing something that's disobedient or it's to restore their relationship with us or with one another. So it's, it should be very restorative and redemptive in its motivation when we're correcting our kids or when we're using words with them. And I think the focus is grace to those who hear because a lot of times when we're when we're wanting to correct our children or when we're co- talking to family members our intentions can be very self-serving right like sometimes i want to say nice things to edric because i want something in return or i want him to do something for me so in a way it can be a form of manipulation so when we use the phrase that it may give grace to those who hear it's really all about them how we can be a blessing to them and the idea of grace is that they would feel like, wow, maybe I don't deserve this kindness at the moment. I don't deserve to be praised or appreciated at this moment. But the fact that I'm receiving it and I'm hearing it makes me want to be a better person, makes me want to really try my best. So I think that's the whole point when we think of the phrase that it may give grace to those who hear. And ultimately, for us, of course, the the grace that we're talking about is really the grace of the Lord, that they would see if in our dealings with them, with the words that we say and how we encourage them, how we build them up, how we also correct them in loving ways, would really make them want to love God more, would make would make them experience what the love of God is like also through us as we give them grace. Right. And if, you know, if we stretch this even further, the power of thinking about giving grace is something that I will not forget from my mother-in-law. She's such a chirpy, cheery person. And she said, you know, we need to think about how every time we meet somebody, the thought in our mind is, how can I be a blessing to this person? Instead of, oh no, what are they going to ask for me? Or, you know, what are they going to say? Or, oh no, they might just complain. Or, you know, what will I have to say to this person? Or do I have anything to say? There's a whole range of thoughts that might go through our minds. And if we instead focus on not so much us ourselves, but on affirming them or being a blessing to them, then there's so much more power in doing that. And guess what? You become such a more likable person. People will want to be around you. This is a principle that I also gleaned from Dale Carnegie's how to win uh, win others and influence people. And it, so it's, it's such a useful, practical principle of thinking about what words will I choose to have even in the first few seconds of my encounter with anybody. So apply this to our families, which might be the most challenging because we see them so often and there's a lot of emotions involved, but apply it to everybody else because as we do, then really the beneficiaries of this will ultimately be ourselves. So right words, right time, right motivation. Thanks for joining us in this really quick episode of Family and Box. We wanted to try something different and give you some quick nuggets. And if you like this, hey, please reach out, tell us in our social media feed so we know how to adapt better to do something in this space that is relevant to you guys. So thanks again for joining us. This has been Edric. 
This is Joy. And you've joined us for another episode of Family, Family Unbox. See you in the next one. Bye, everybody. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.